Hello and welcome to the Forest Lakes District EFCA podcast. Our focus here is to connect, equip, and multiply churches with a vision to glorify God by multiplying transformational churches amongst all people. In this episode, we will hear from the Forest Lakes District Superintendent, John Payne. He highlights the reality that in life and ministry, we are truly better together and talks about what encouragement looks like in ministry spaces. Well, good morning. How in the world are you today? Uh, Not reading the room real well there. (laughs) Hopefully by the end of the day, you will also say we are better together. When I became part of the Evangelical Free Church, and specifically the Forest Lakes District six years ago, this was a phrase that we used often, and we continue to use, that we are better together. I don't know about you, but I don't like to do things by myself. I know there's times that we need to be still and know that God is God, and we need to have times of reflection and quiet, but I love being around people. And I'm so glad that there's over 300 of you here today And I pray that you will be encouraged, that you will be um, motivated, that you'll meet some new people, and uh, we're just so excited that you're here. One of the things that I like to say every year at our district conferences since I've been on staff is that we have all three of the former Forest Lakes District superintendents here again today. And so Gene Swanstrom, if you're here, stand up. And Ken Moberg and Galen Nagel, if you three could just stand real quick. I know you guys don't like to do this, but please indulge me. (laughs) I so appreciate these men, and we are better together. And we're a unique district in that uh, all three of those men continue to be involved in district ministry. And so I always like to recognize those who've gone before and say thank you to them. Well, how many of you are ever in need of encouragement? Anybody for telling the truth in church? <laughs> we, we all are in need of encouragement, aren't we? Uh, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, said this, How do you identify someone who needs encouragement? The person is breathing. <laughs> in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, Paul said this, Encourage one another and build each other up just as you are doing. You know, where does encouragement come from? I'd like to give you three areas that I believe encouragement comes from. First of all, the source is God. God is a source of encouragement. We need to be people who have soul care where we have God take and encourage us frequently, every day, moment by moment. And three areas where I believe God encourages us is by gifts that he's given us. The first gift that he gave us was his son, Jesus. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? I'm a father of two daughters. Uh, one of them's here today. I have a 33 and a 31-year-old daughter. I know my wife doesn't look old enough to have children that age. But uh, when I became a father... And I thought about what my Heavenly Father did in giving His one and only Son. God so loved the world that He gave. God demonstrated His love for us while we were still sinners by giving His Son Christ to die for us. Friends, be encouraged today to know 
that if your heavenly Father would give His one and only Son the most precious gift that could be given, He's there for you to encourage you. Another gift that God has given us is His Holy Spirit. I love John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, where it says, I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking, and He says, He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. Friends, we have an advocate with the Father. We have a helper when we don't know how to pray. Romans tells us that when we can't even utter words, the Spirit of God makes intercession on our behalf. He's called the great helper. He's called the teacher. The Holy Spirit of God, dear friends, will fill you for service. He'll seal you until the day of redemption. We've been given the Holy Spirit for encouragement. Also, God has given us his word Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the... Help me out with this word. We'll try it one more time. Through the... Encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Friends, God's Word gives us encouragement and gives us hope. Listen to these words. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will... I can, see, I can see some of the dust coming off of some of you. We all are under construction, aren't we? And yet there's a promise from God's word that he will be faithful to carry it on to completion. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteousness right hand. Romans 8, 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, and we know that good there is us being conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. So God's at work encouraging us through his gift of his son, through the Holy Spirit, and through his word. Psalm 121, 1 and 2 says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. This has been said already. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So friends, God is the source of our encouragement. He's given us his son, he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us his precious word. Well, we need, to, we need encouragement from others. Who needs encouragement again? <laughs> Everyone. When do we need encouragement? Always. Always. Henrietta Mears was a, uh, a pioneer in Christian education. She was born in the late 1800s, but really in the mid-1900s, she was very influential in the Sunday school movement and in Christian education. She came uh, home from kindergarten, this tells you a little bit about her, and she told her mom, quote, kindergarten is to amuse little children, amuse little children. I'm amused enough, I want to be educated. How would you like to have that for your daughter? <laughs> I want to be educated. Well, she trusted the Lord to be her savior at a very young age. And then Henrietta went on to attend the University of Minnesota to become a teacher, and then later studying and beginning getting her principal's license and became a high school principal, a single gal. She was then asked to move across the country and consider going into full-time ministry, and she said this, when I consider my ministry, I think of the world. Anything less than that would not be worthy of Christ. 
nor of his will for my life. Henrietta Mears was a woman who was sold out for Jesus. She was asked to be the director of Christian education in a church in Hollywood, California. At the age of 40, her and her sister moved to California, and the Sunday school that she inherited went from 400 children and students in the Sunday school to 6,500 children sitting under the instruction of God's word. She had um, a profound influence, as I said, on Christian education. She started forest home camps. I didn't realize that out in Southern California. And there was a young man who came to that camp who was struggling with his faith. She encouraged Billy Graham because he said to her that he was struggling with whether or not the, the scriptures were infallible and truth in their entirety. And she said, you need to get alone with God and determine once and for all that scripture is infallible and true. So she influenced Billy Graham. You know, it's estimated that there have been over 2 billion people who have heard Billy Graham on TV or radio. Henrietta Mears was used by God to influence and to encourage Billy Graham. But it doesn't stop with just Billy Graham. <laughs> she also encouraged Dawson Trotman, the founder of the Navigators. You know, Dawson was... Um, driving home one night from a meeting and he saw a hitchhiker. He picks the hitchhiker up. He tells him all about a faith relationship with Jesus Christ. The young man prays to receive Christ. Then he quotes Philippians 1.6 to the hitchhiker in his front seat. And all of a sudden there's a weird moment. The two look at each other and they realize that one year later he had picked him up as a hitchhiker before and had the exact same experience. It was then that Dawson Trotman talked to Henrietta Mears and says there has to be more beyond, I mean, not, I'd never say there has to be more than the gospel, but there is more work when we present Christ to people and there's discipleship. And that's what turned Dawson Trotman onto discipleship. And today, there are, uh, the navigators are in 103 countries with almost 5,000 full-time staff serving 130 different languages. And a major encourager and person that influenced Dawson Trotman was Henrietta Mears. But friends, it doesn't stop there. <laughs> a young Bill Bright moved from Arizona and stayed with Dawson and Lilla Trotman on his first day in California, and he was not yet a Christ follower. He had heard that they had sailors that came into their home, hence the navigators, and they invited a young Bill Bright into their home. Well, Henrietta had a significant influence on Bill Bright's coming to faith in Jesus Christ and the founding of Campus Crusade, which actually happened in her living room with US, UCLA students. And she said, and you need to go talk to that football team. They need Jesus too. What a spunky gal. Today, there are 5,300 ministries under the umbrella of Campus Crusade for Christ. And Henrietta Mears is part of that story. Friends, we all need encouragement. Think about the people in your life who have encouraged you. I was reflecting in preparation for this about um, the internship that I did when I was in Bible college. And there was a small church in southern Iowa that took a 
risk on Kim and I and asked us to come and do an internship. And it was a friend of mine uh, who I'd looked up from, to from high school who was a pastor. We actually went on Ragbri, the Register's great annual bike ride across to Iowa together. And um, he was just a great mentor in my life. And so we went down there, and then, tragically, um, he split the church. My wife and I are 22 years of age, and they say, will you be the interim pastor here? I don't know what in the world they were thinking. But they took a risk on a young couple, and we were able to be the interim pastor there to help that church transition. And what's ironic is, every time there's a vacancy, they say, John, you're the first person we call. So there's been three calls, (laughs) and we prayed and said, Lord, do you want us to go back to Bloomfield, Iowa? Not yet. But the encouragement of of a church that looked at a young couple and said, we believe God's hand is upon your life. We see God working in and through you. Well, I also think about a person of profound influence in Scripture by the name of Barnabas. In Acts 9, 26 and 27, when Paul had come to Jerusalem, he'd attempted to join the disciples. The man who was breathing, breathing out threats against the church. And as it says in the book of Acts, he was, he was bringing havoc to the church. And here they're afraid of him, thinking this was maybe an undercover ploy. And they didn't believe that he was a true disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Barnabas, a man who took a risk on the apostle Paul. In Acts chapter 13, as they were getting ready to board a ship, there was a young man who actually was related to Barnabas, a man by the name of John Mark, who left and deserted them. And on a later missions trip in Acts chapter 16, verses 37 to 40, Barnabas wanted to take with them John, also called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. Wouldn't you have liked to have been on that dock of that boat and watch that play out? And yet... So much that separated one another. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed. Barnabas, the man whose name means son of encouragement, encouraged Paul before the disciples. He was an advocate for this young man named John Mark. And I love that Scripture gives us 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, where Paul is writing his farewell to Timothy, and he says, Get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful for me for ministry. How many of you would have or maybe have been crossed off from ministry and yet a Barnabas came into your life and said, I see God's hand on you. Don't give up. Friends, we all need encouragement. We all need to have Apostle Pauls in our life who are discipling us We all need Timothys in our life, people that we are speaking into and discipling. And I'm just telling you, you need a boatload of Barnabases who can come along and be of encouragement to you. Now, I'm so thankful as I look around this room, I see faces, most of you smiling. Some of you could smile a little more, but uh, (laughs) 
It's always good for the person up here to see your pearly whites. But as I look around this room, I see people who have been encouragement to me. I thank God for you. In 2005, I left local church ministry for a while to go on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Wisconsin. One of the first things that I was told that I needed to do was put together a leadership board because there wasn't one in existence. And so I remember being with a friend by the name of Ramon Moses, and we were out to eat with his family, and I said, Ramon, would you pray about being the chairman of our leadership board for the local fellowship of Christian athletes? He said, I'll pray about that. He called me the following Monday and said, John, I'll do it on one condition. Okay, what's the condition? He said that you become my accountability partner and we meet every Friday. So for the last 18 years, with very few exceptions, we've been meeting on Fridays. And here we are, we went to Greece together on a trip. I think there's a picture of him where we were able to go to Greece and to be of encouragement to one another. And, you know, he prays for me. Now he's on the national board of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's been exciting to see the way God has used him to encourage me. Let me ask you a question. Who is it that has been of encouragement to you? Who is it that has encouraged you? And let me take that one step further. Why don't you write their name down right now? Send them a text. Send them an email. Better yet, on the way home today, make a phone call. And just thank them for their encouragement in your life. The final thing I want to say about Better Together here this morning is... Not only is God the source of encouragement, we need encouragement from others, but we need to be of encouragement to others. This last February, Kim and I were blessed to go on sabbatical. We owned some timeshares uh, down in Florida, and so we went down to Florida, and on our trip down to Florida, we listened to a couple books together and podcasts, and God spoke to us not in an audible way, but put on our hearts that while we were in Florida, we were supposed to just look for people and see them through the eyes of Jesus. So as we went down to Florida and as we went around, I wanted to journal, so I was journaling on my phone. And I would go and I would talk to people that I met everywhere we went, and I would say, may I take your picture? I wasn't being creepy. It was really... (laughs) It was really very innocent. Now that I replay what I've said in my mind, it did sound creepy. (laughs) But my photo journal of our sabbatical is filled with pictures of people. People who God allowed us to see through his eyes. And I would close with, would it be all right if I pray for you and have your picture so I can remember to pray for you? They all, I didn't have anybody say, you're creepy. But I reflect and go through those pictures and pray periodically for those people and remember that everybody we meet, everybody we see, even a guy in Culver's in Paducah, Kentucky, needs encouragement. Everyone needs to be encouraged. Sometimes it's just holding a door for somebody and smiling, but letting Christ shine through you and saying words of encouragement, doing acts of encouragement, being an encourager. 
Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Booker T. Washington said this, There are two ways of exerting one's strength. One is by pushing down. (laughs) The other, friends, is by pulling up. Might I suggest to all of you that you have a superpower? You've been given the power of encouragement. The encouragement that you receive from God and his word and from others. We have the opportunity to give encouragement to others. Scott Sterner did an engagement with us as a staff last fall talking about the anatomy of encouragement by Mac Lake. And I just want to share three things that he said about encouragement. In Proverbs 10, 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Friends, encouragement is powerful and has the ability to lift a spirit, shape self-esteem, or galvanize an individual's resolve to continue in the face of difficulty. Three ways we can shape our encouragement. The first one is to have our encouragement be sincere. Before speaking words of encouragement or acts of encouragement, check our motives and make sure that we're doing it to lift up the other individual, not to gain something for yourself. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 26, 28, a flattering mouth works ruin. And if we're not careful, insincere words or actions can have an opposite effect of what we desire. So encouragement is always best served with a spirit of sincerity. A second XS that Mac gives us, Mac, um, about anatomy of encouragement is be specific in our encouragement. Notice the specifics of what people do well and consider how it impacted you personally. So have your encouragement be specific. So instead of saying, hey, you did a good job, that's pretty generic, you can say, when you led our small group tonight, you really asked insightful questions that challenged my thinking in new ways, and you have a real gift for making people think. Specific encouragement is meaningful encouragement. And the last F, S that he gives in this article was that our encouragement be strength-focused. God has gifted each of us in a very specific ways, and each day we use and develop these strengths. Over time, as these strengths develop, they become obvious to others. Paul had been around young Timothy so much that he became very familiar with him and his strengths, In a very crucial time in Timothy's ministry, Paul said this to him, fan into flame the gifts that God has given to you. By giving someone encouragement centered on their particular strengths, we are in the, in essence, we're helping them to fan into flame the gifts that God has given to them. Giving someone sincere, specific encouragement that is focused on their unique strengths helps them learn something new about themselves and deepens their wisdom about using that particular strength. So friends, encouragement is one of those small investments that we can make daily that will make a huge influence in return. Solomon said this in Proverbs 25, 11, a word that is fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. The right word spoken the right way at the right time can impact lives in ways that we may never know. So who is it in your life that gives you sincere, specific, and strength-focused 
encouragement. And who is it that you can do that in turn to, to be of encouragement? Father, thank you this morning for these leaders who are here. God, how I thank you for the influence that they've had on my life. I pray that today we would be better together, that we would look for opportunities to give sincere, specific, and strength-focused encouragement to each other. Doing so all for your glory and making us better together. We ask that you be glorified in us. episode of the Forest Lakes District podcast. If you want more content like this, be sure to like and subscribe. You can also visit our website at www.forestlakes-efca.org.